The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! Georgian Fox. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And I don't know, it's a day to be a Yankee fan. Is it a good day? Is it a bad day? What does it mean to be a Yankee fan anymore if they don't play baseball? It is 721 on Tuesday evening. We had big plans. We were going to wait and we were going to do like the last hour of the game into like a post game. But the Yankees are off again due to weather. Players got to be adaptive. We got to adapt too, right? We're in the same boat as them. That's that positive Nick attitude. So, I mean, it's we were postponed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We were off Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. No, they played Thursday during the day. Oh, yes. They yeah, played the Thursday. Matinee, yep. Yeah. I was driving to Boston during that game. So I'm, like, getting alerts on my – I got an Apple Watch, and I started getting alerts for, like, DLs and, like, guys coming out of the game. I'm not looking at my phone – so it's like, I'm good. I'm not looking at my phone while I'm driving, but my wrist is like, I'm like, I'm a fuck, 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 like a whole lot of that. So, yeah, so we've been off since Thursday after getting our dicks kicked in. We really did get our dicks kicked in. That's a great way to put it. And I am probably the most, you know, I, I try to be the most loyal Yankee fan that I can and that I never rip our players, especially to outsiders. I'll always defend our guys, even if we do something that's a bad look or whatever. 
But I've had this realization, man, and I just think they're a soft team. I mean, you have guys with these very minor grade one strains, right? They, they strain their hamstring or their calf. They come out of the game. They immediately go on the I.L., and 48 hours later, they're running on the field at full speed saying they're pain-free. And I'm talking about Torres. I'm talking about Zach Britton. I'm talking about Giancarlo Stanton. And you have these guys where it's, okay, if you need to go on the IL and you break your foot or something and you really can't move or can't run, fine. It happens. You get hit on the wrist like Judge, whatever. But if, but if you get injured, you go on the IL and then you're running and hitting two days later but you still can't play, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't understand this with the three guys I just mentioned, and they all, you know, during the race series, you saw the race toughness. They're battling, they're resilient, they get hits with runners in scoring position, and you see the Yankees players literally bowing out of the game. It's just, it was fucking demoralizing. There's, I mean, I, I've talked about it before. There's certain time like, hey, who wants to be a baseball player today? And maybe it's not all these guys. You know? It's brutal. It's brutal, and it feels like they're conditioned to ask out of the game immediately if if anything isn't 100%. Like, oh, I'm only at 92%. I got to come out. And Glaber, I'll call him out. Glaber was not running full speed when he got injured. He got injured jogging. You know, watch the replay. He was not running out hard. I mean, it's embarrassing. It was a Cano injury. <laughs> you know? It, um, it is. It's demoralizing because so much of what we talked about last season was how guys are stepping up, right? And there were some real, like, a lot of the injuries were legitimate injuries, you know, and Duhar right away, it's like surgery, season ending. Guys are stepping up, you know, we're having, we're not having 10-day injuries last year. We're having a lot of longer injuries. Judge Oblique was very serious last year. Yeah, these are all like, I I need a weekend off, and you're getting a week off. It, it makes no sense, and like I said, if if Glaber strained his hamstring and he can't and he can't walk for a week, he can't, you know, he wants to rest and and put his feet up and recover. I totally get that, and ice it or whatever the hell they do. But if you're telling me you immediately come out of the game and you're out of commission for a minimum of ten days, and it's probably more like two weeks, fourteen, fifteen days, and then you're doing baseball activities that entire time, it's like what what the fuck is the point of that? Aren't you supposed to be resting? When you're on the I.L., like, I, I just cannot get over this. What happened to just, like, being hurt, not injured, and being available off the bench? Yeah, or DHing. There's a million things they can do. They're playing fucking seven-inning games. Paul O'Neill had one leg for, like, the second half of his career. I, I mean, at this rate, Aaron Judge could end up back on the I.L. before he even comes off of it. <laughs> It's, it's actually pathetic, and he was set He was set to go tonight. You brought up Paul O'Neill. Think about those 90s teams. I never remember Tino, Derek, Paul O'Neill, any of those guys ever going on the aisle with a strained calf or, or a hamstring. Maybe if they got hit on the elbow, hit by a pitch, they broke their leg, they'd go on the aisle. But none of these bullshit grade one strains. And, and it, it look, those teams won four championships in five years. This group is nothing like that group. And I'm a millennial. I'm not some back-in-my-day kind of guy. I, I just turned 28 years old over the weekend, but I'm starting to get that, to that mentality of look at what those guys in the 90s did and then look at these guys, and it's actually a joke. Oh, yeah. Have you belated? Thanks, man. I, told, I was going to wait to say it to you because I saw, like, in the – BP chat, like all the happy birthdays, like two days after. I was away this weekend, uh, so I just, yep, yeah. so no I just missed it. I wasn't on a computer. I felt like shit. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, when you look at those guys, like you said, like Paul O'Neill, let me tell you three things. They have to go, tell me about Paul O'Neill. I got three things to tell you. 
almost hit 400 one year, beat the shit out of Gatorade uh, coolers, <laughs> played with his hamstring hanging off his body for half his career. I mean, when he was 38 in his last year, played 137 games, and I feel like I remember in 2001, like, he could hardly walk. Oh, he was cooked by the end when they were, especially during that game, was a game five of the World Series when they, they chanted his name. Like, he yeah. was hobbling around. 137 games. Like, at 38 years old. Not 28, like, 38. Th- those guys had to beg. Those guys begged to stay in the game, and you almost have to beg our guys now to stay in the game. Like, like it's, it's so different, man. And, and it's position players, pitchers. It's, it's all of them. I mean, Gary's a catcher, so I'll give him some slack. And Judge played, you know, six weeks on a broken rib. I'm going to give him a slack. I'm not. But I know you're not. And look, you're the most – how does it feel to be the most biggest villain on Yankees Twitter now with your, on the Trey Judge train? I bet it feels like being the smartest person on Yankees Twitter because <laughs> that's how I feel. I, you know, last week said I think we should – you know, look at trading Aaron Judge. I'm not saying Aaron Judge has to go, but I think there's a trade out there, I think, with Mike Clevenger possibly coming available, our pitching being dog shit, Judge commanding a big contract in the future with a, you know, a history of injuries. I don't know. Maybe there's some conversations to be had. That's all I said. And then I put out there Clevenger and Lindor for Duhar and Judge, and then we probably have to throw more in. And people thought I was crazy. And the only thing crazy about that is that Cleveland would never accept that trade. <laughs> That's true. Never. And not a single person came back to me because I was like, yo, I'm here. Like, you could tell me I'm wrong. And this isn't like a hill I'm dying on. It's like Aaron Judge has to go. He's the demon of the Yankees. But nobody had an argument that didn't include when he's healthy. No, you're right. Like, no, it was like, when he's in it was always, when he's healthy, he does this, or he does this when he's healthy. And my thing is, the health is not going to get better. It's not as he gets older. I think a big portion of, of Yankees Twitter there, between the ages of, I don't know, let's say, 16 and 22 or 23, and they don't really remember, they have no memories of even like 09. You know what I mean? Like Judge is their guy. Like G- Jeter is my guy. Jeter's your guy. And, and we kind of worship him. And these guys, like Judge is that guy for them. So they're not going to have the same level-headed. It's such views a on loser it. mentality. If Judge is your guy, you're a loser. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you. If Aaron Judge, if listen up very clearly, I want to make sure this isn't taken out of context or anything at all. If you're a Yankees fan and you say like Aaron Judge is my guy. You're a fucking loser because Aaron Judge is the only MVP to never win the award, the only gold glove outfielder to never win the award, the only greatest Yankee to never win a championship. The guy has done nothing. And I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm saying explore the option because I think his value only goes down in a trade and his price only goes up as the rest of the market happens, because there's going to be a lot of, you know, if he's healthy. And if he's not healthy, he's not going to get – if he's not – doesn't get that big contract, it's because things have gotten so bad that it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And I'm like I said, I'm kind of in the middle. You're, you know, kind of all the way over here, and, and 99% – 
of Yankee fans are all the way on the other side. The, the reason I will never advocate trading for him is I do think there is a, a different energy, a different swagger when he's in the lineup, and I just think they don't look as they don't look as tough. I mean, look they at look this race tall. series. That's what it is. They don't look. Dude, as they tall. don't. It, it's a toughness thing too, dude. Look at this race series. They looked so beaten down. They looked like a bunch of pussies without him. They really did. They look tougher if the injury king of the Yankees is in the lineup. He's he's not there for a reason. In fair, this was like a week that he missed. I mean, let's be it. This wasn't some he, he missed what five games, four or five oh, games. Thanks, this was not an thanks to COVID. Absence. Thanks to COVID, COVID saved him. He got bailed. He got bailed out. He a got little bailed bit. out. But this was not a look. Look, Stan's going to end up missing five, six weeks. That's a way bigger deal than Judge missing a week and a half. Would love to have the ability to trade Stan. Don't have that though. You can only play the cards that you have. No, you're right. And in, in terms of the trade thing, I'll say it again. Let me take my three shots with him this fall, you know, the following fall and the following fall after that. And if he wants to walk and somebody's stupid enough to give him $300 million for 10 years, I'll take the first round draft pick and trust our player development group. We've been pretty good at drafting last five, six years, especially position players. That's the route I would go. I don't think we're going to get the proper value back in trade. Like you said, Cleveland is not doing that trade. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think like, and honestly, in that, like judge is the problem in that trade. So I, you know, listen, don't trade him tomorrow. I think have the conversation have a, maybe the conversation in the offseason. But for anyone to say, like, Aaron Judge is off limits. Someone said he's, he's untouchable. There is no player on a team that has never won a championship that is untouchable. Like, you couldn't trade Derek Jeter at the end of his career when he wasn't really that great because he's Derek Jeter and he won all those championships. Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, like, these guys, they're all available. Everyone's available. I would say except Cole right now. And except for Jason Dominguez, there is no way that, that the Martian's going to get traded. I'm, throw, I'm throwing him in with them. I'll go there. Some fucking 16-year-old on steroids in the Dominican Republic? He turned Republic. 17 in February. Dude, he looks like two 17-year-olds. That dude, dude got fucking huge. <laughs> but, like, I'll tell you what. Everyone was like, look how fucking big he is. We said that about Stan and Judge. No, you're right. Uh, in fairness, Dominguez is more of the... Mickey Mantle big. He's like 5'10", 5'11", and just kind of built like a house. bridge, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see him play a ball before he becomes unbeatable. Me too, me too. Uh, j- just having fun. But no, look, there, there's conversations to be had. And speaking of trades, the trade block, the trade deadline, we've been linked to a lot of guys. Andy Martino linked us to Mike Clevenger. Uh, John Palmarosi linked us to Taiwan Walker. And I believe Marco Gonzalez, who both, both pitched for the Mariners, there are guys out there. It looks like some of these guys are going to get moved. Is there somebody that you really have your eye on? Do you have any predictions, a team that we'll work with, or what are you kind of thinking deadline-wise? So, I mean, I like Mike Clevenger. I think he is a great starting pitcher. I think he um, – uh, I don't know. I think it's funny when people have to cut their hair or shave when they come. I That's enjoy great. That. I enjoy that. Yeah, the before and after picture. Going I mean, over. yeah, he made a stupid mistake on this, you know – you, you know, when, with going out in COVID. Like, yes, that was dumb. Uh, but, like, I'm not going to say, oh, I'll never have that guy. Because that was another argument. I was like, this guy, he went out one time. How are we ever going to have him on the team? Meanwhile, <laughs> Judge's girlfriend is wrapping her car around telephone poles wearing a Judge jersey in Arizona. You know, like the DUI queen. So let's fucking pump the brakes. So the guy made one mistake. Um, also, I mean, there's been, you know, everybody – I don't think it's ever going to happen, but everybody wants us to get Bauer. I'd love to get Bauer. 
Clevenger and Bauer, very good friends. Nice. They are. And Bauer's going to be a one-year contract guy. So, you know, maybe it increases the chances some, maybe, but also at the same time, you know, maybe it kind of throws like a wrinkle into the, the locker room. You know, I don't know if this free spirit of Clevenger would work, although I know he has recreational hobbies that align with Aaron Judge and Brett Gardner. I understand what you're saying. I think he'd get along fine. And, and I'm almost to the point where I don't want to hear people say, how would they affect the clubhouse or his personality? This clubhouse hasn't won shit. They haven't even been to a World Series. So I don't care. maybe we need some, some assholes to come into this clubhouse. So, so spare me with that. And Clevenger is the guy that I want. Frazier and Duhar, whoever the hell they want. Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, like cash in these chips. Go get Clevenger, man. He's 29. He's one of the 10 best pitchers in baseball. And I'd feel a hell of a lot better going Cole, Clevenger, Tanaka than I would going Cole, Tanaka, and bullpen game or whatever the fuck they're going to do without Paxton. Yeah, I mean, how long is Paxton out? Do we have any idea? So what they said is he shut down for 14 days. He's going to throw, and they hope he can get a start in before the end of the regular season. But I I am not counting on him at all to pitch another inning for the rest of the season. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> it's an or, injury. or he takes extra time to get his, you know, two three like, you know, showcase starts at the end of the season before free agency. I was going to say, do you think he'd rather just do nothing and go into free agency definitely healthier or do you think he wants to come come make a start or two and just have one one or two good starts to show people, "Hey, I'm good to go for free agency." Cuz I got to feel like free agency is his number one motivator right now. I mean, I don't know. I'm obviously not Scott Boris, but I would think you need – like, you go in and go, oh, hey, we've got this guy. He sucked the last, first half of the last year he played. He was pretty good in the playoffs, and then he had back surgery, and then his arm hurt, and he just wasn't good at baseball. I think you maybe want to say uh, – that's what I'm saying. Instead of two weeks, like, you hold him out for, like, a month, get two starts, maybe something – you know, get into the playoffs – and be like, oh, look how good he was those last four. I mean, because it can't get much worse than what he's got right now. Yeah, no, it's he his stock his stock is way down. I mean, I would put the chances of us re-signing him at you know one or two percent at this point. And and even if we don't get Clevenger, man, like I think we at least need a guy like Walker or Marco Gonzalez, some sort of innings eater. We ran out of arms last year in the playoffs. There's going to be more playoff innings this year because there's an extra round. Paxton's probably going to be a non-factor. Hap's the worst pitcher in the world. Like they kind of just need arms. It'd be funny if we traded Clint for Clevenger because they have the same agent, so it's just one phone call. I wonder if, how awkward that is. <laughs> and he's got to call them both. Like, hey, uh, yeah, so we just, uh, we traded Clint. All right, where'd he go? Well, so, hold on, I'm getting a call from the Indians on the other line. <laughs> or, like, do the GMs just get, like, hey, you want to just, like, mutually, call, well, just three-way call him? And just be like, hey, tell your guys. I don't know. Dude, that, that would be bizarre. And the bizarre thing is they traded for Clint four years ago to trade him back to the original team almost five years later would just be the weirdest thing ever. If you think about, though, like all the trades that Clint's been tied to the past couple of years, it's the Indians keep coming back. Like, they liked him. They liked what he was doing for them. It might be the only option if we're going to move Clint. But who knows? Maybe they'll take Judge. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know what Paxton's going to do, but, like, from a starting pitching point, like, we are fucked right now. 
yeah, this is bad. Here's a positive out of this next week. We're going to play in a five, was it in five days, we're going to play seven games. That is going to cost Jay Happ probably two starts. He's not going to hit that $17 million. He's not like, he's missed out. You start jamming those games together, like uh, something's got to go to an opener. Something's got to go to Clark Schmidt or, you know, or whoever. So my simple brain is trying to process this. So he's basically, we have a doubleheader Wednesday. We are off Thursday, doubleheader Friday, one game Saturday, and two Sunday. He will start one of those seven games, right? Yeah, so he will start one of those seven games. But if you spread those games out, like, over the course of the week, if, like, we played the Mets games and we played today, he would have had two starts this week. So we're cutting him down at least one start there. It's easier to find another start to skip later in the season because we'll run into probably another situation like this where it's like, ah, you know, rain or, you know, there's a COVID thing. We got to push it a, a day or whatever. It just it creates an easier opportunity for the Yankees to not get him to those nine, ten starts, whatever it is, and have to pay him that $17 million and not have to deal with, you know, him filing any kind of grievance. Because if when it comes down to it, like Cole is going to start the first game tomorrow, maybe the second game. It doesn't really matter because it's the same day. And then they're trying to – like when we have these delays in games, so if we haven't played in a week, it's Cole. And Hap is the four starter. And so if we every time we hit a delay, we go back to one. So like when it gets around to four, it's like, nope, we're going back to one. And his only complaint is, oh, well, you know, I'm missing starts. Well, if you were better, you'd be Cole. Thanks for cheering me up. I needed that because there hasn't been a lot of positive stuff to talk about. This guy is fucking insufferable. Today, uh, all the beat reporters, I guess they were Zooming with him before the game, and he said it's, it's pretty clear why I'm not getting the start. So he, he kind of took a shot at Yankees management. It's like, dude, it is clear. It's because you fucking suck at pitching. You have a 6.4 ERA. You have no velocity. You have no location. You have no competitiveness. And man, everybody, when we sign him, it's like, he's a professional. He's he's an old school guy. He's a workhorse. He's clearly not a professional because he's talking shit to reporters. There is nothing good about this guy. And for the three people left that are still defending him, I have no idea why you could be doing that. This guy is the worst. Jay Happ hinted that he thinks the Yankees are staggering his starts to avoid 20, the 2021 kick-in of the $17 million option. It actually doesn't take too much to figure out sort of what could be going on. I think I can help our team. I'd like to be out there every five days. Like, hey, I get it. you got to have a positive attitude. But there are no numbers that say you should be out there instead of tomorrow we're starting Cole and Tanaka. Which one of those guys should you be pitching instead of Hap? <laughs> Dude, you want to help us? Go, go shag balls. Go get foul balls. Go fill up the, the Gatorade cooler because you're not helping us on the mound. It's One thing that stinks about this uh, Atlanta series is I was hoping when they put out like the real schedule before you know, you know, last offseason that we would go to Atlanta because I went to Atlanta – on like a Tuesday night by myself last year, um, I had like a meeting. And I flew in earlier in the day, and I just went to a game by myself. I filmed it. I actually, I should have had it edited and put it out. I filmed an unreleased stadium meets. I just ran out of weeks in the season. But it's just me alone, holding a camera, walking around the stadium. Like, you walk through the concourse, and there's just a girl walking. You know how, like, you see, like, beer guys? There's just, like, yeah. 
they're just like hot blonde girls. Like, anyone want to buy a peach? Just selling peaches for like $2. Very Georgia. Very South is weird, man. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Because they had some uh, sandwich there. It was like the best sandwich in baseball. And it's probably the worst thing I've had. It was bad. People rave about that park, though. What you think? One to ten. So great park. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun to go. They have it in right center. There's, like, there's a hotel. So, okay. So first of all, let's just talk about the outside. Um, it's kind of weird. I drove. So I had to park kind of far away. Because it's like you have to buy your permit like in advance. I ended up parking at like a hotel or something where I paid like 15 bucks and bought a ticket on StubHub like in the car. Like I got there right before the game. And then they have this outdoor area outside the stadium where it's just, I mean, it's New Orleans uh, in terms of like it's just bars open. You can walk around and there were drinks. There were just people with um, like outside the bars with like beer tubs just selling beers. Uh, there, there are some that have like taps and, you know, it's like IPAs or whatever. It's not just like Bud Lights. Uh, I think they have like a PBR, like the professional bull riding, like bar there. Like and an then, Xfinity. Yeah. And then like across the street from the stadium is also, I didn't realize it's, um, like Coca-Cola arena or something. It's like a smaller thing. Barstool did their Super Bowl rough and rowdy there a couple of years ago. So like there's a lot going on there similar to, um, like where the Lakers play in the Staples Center, they have like restaurants and stuff there. So if you've ever been there, it's kind of similar, except I haven't been to the Staples Center when there's a game. So this was like very live for, I want to say like a Tuesday night against the Pirates. Um, yeah, so it was good. They also have, um, oh, they have all sorts of fun stuff for like, they have a zip line. Like there's a thing Ooh. where you can just like zip line in there. Uh, they have things for kids to like time their, um, you know, you're like 90 foot running the bases. They have a, a, a virtual reality, like home run derby thing. So all it was like, it was a pretty cool thing, but they have this hotel in, they like said in right center field where by the pool, you can just watch the game. Oh, that's awesome. I did look into that hotel for like now. That's making me sad. Yeah. <laughs> and I did just get, I, I've had all along a um, hotel for uh, Labor Day weekend in Baltimore. Because originally we were going to have an event there. And I've just held on to it because the Yankees are still going to play there in case something happened. And I just got, I got an email. I would forgotten about it. I just got an email that's like, we're not operating. Like, we canceled your reservation. Oh, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was trying to upgrade it to like a room where I could see in the stadium. That's brutal. And not, not going to games, not being able to go to games really stresses me out. It makes me sad. And, and one of the best ways to deal with stress is through CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by J- Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. 
Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Hey, that was a professional job there, Nick. Try to bring a professional, professional attitude here, here every week. Um, just like the players are doing, like you said, we got to adapt and be professional just like them. Are you worried about – I know you mentioned the positive with Hap, but are you worried about these seven games in five days? Or I don't even know what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot because it's are all, are all the doubleheaders this week, is everything just going to be at Yankee Stadium? So Wednesday, obviously. So Wednesday's doubleheaders in Atlanta. Fridays, yeah, and the ones this weekend, I believe, are both at Yankee Stadium. Okay, so at least they're not doing any. Under normal circumstances, they'd be like, "We're doing a subway thing, day game here, night game there," you know. And that was exciting when they did it back in like the '90s. I remember enjoying that, or whenever it was they did it. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm concerned from an injury standpoint because like, at a certain point, like we're just running out of guys. Like we're running out of guys without having COVID. Right, that that, and that's the scary part. Is like other teams losing guys to COVID. It's one thing. Our guys are going down with their cast strains. And you think about how the Yankees load manage on doubleheader days. Judge will play one game of each doubleheader. Let like the stars, Geo, all those guys. Very, they're not going to play both. So, so Judge half of those games, we're going to have dog shit lineups. So Judge can only play. So like tomorrow, Judge can play game one. Here's what it should be. Judge plays game one, full game, right? Game two, DH. You got to do it. At this they point, won't. it's they fucking... Won't, dude. I'm telling so you. So if they, they don't do it tomorrow, they then have to do it, like, this weekend. Because there are only so many games left. And, like, we don't know what else we're going to get. And it's not like he's going out there. So it's not like he's going out there and playing 18 innings in the field. We're talking about playing seven in the field. Or maybe DH first, then go play in the field. See how you feel after the DH. And we're talking seven innings with maybe in a big lead in one of those games, you get to sit some. But, like, Geo needs to be out there fucking playing. I, I agree, and I want that. I just I just don't see it because they're going to bust up an extra guy or whatever. I mean, that second game is going to be like, I don't know, Estrada. You're going to have all – Wade Wade will play in both games. Like, they'll play the losers in both games because they don't care about wearing them out. But the grade-A guys, Hicks will only play one game. Voight will only play one game, Tyler Wade is our starting shortstop. Awful. Tyler Wade that, is that the starting me, shortstop that, that of the New York me. Yankees. <laughs> that hurt. Like you said, we're a hamstring away from Tyler Wade. It turns out it was a calf. 
Then. And now it's now it's him and Estrada up the middle, and it's like, man, I, you know, everybody is obsessed with Didi. I wanted to keep him for depth. I wanted him to be like first man off the bench. I don't want to, be but not for fourteen up. million dollars. Nah, maybe not. But damn, he'd be nice to have right now with <laughs> the middle infield that we got. I mean, I take fucking Jeter tomorrow. <laughs> you know, at his current age. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. Yeah, he's playing a lot of golf. Uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, I know, I get it. It's a weird season. But, like, we've got Estrada. Like, we're the number 71s in the starting lineup. That stinks. <laughs> it, it's scary. It's scary from a lineup perspective. It's also scary from a bullpen perspective. They're being careful with Chapman. They don't have Britain for any of these games. Yep. So let's remember that. He's their second-best reliever. Chad Green can really only pitch every other day, usually every third day. You know, when he goes multiple innings, so the bullpen depth is going to run out fast. Adovino has not been that good. So, like, this super pen that we talked about without Canely and without Britain, it, it ain't that great. We are possibly not a good baseball team right now. <laughs> it's like, it's scary. Like, we are, and I think, you know, teams go through trials and tribulations, but, like, we are at a kind of turning point here of, like, are we a good team or a bad team? Are we the worst first-place team in baseball? We've been like that, and that's what it felt like last year. Like It was not a fun first-place team to watch. 2009 was fun. Nobody got hurt. They were in first place all year. They ran through the playoffs pretty easily. Like That was fun. The seasons with this group, it's kind of been a struggle. 2018 was the same way. A lot of injuries. Judge missed a lot of time. Stanton was hurt. So it hasn't been that fun of a group to watch, and it is scary thinking about what they need. I mean, like, we need a starter and a reliever at this deadline, I think. We need – or I think we just need, like, let's fucking take the governor off. I don't give a shit about 40-man rosters. Let's see what we got. Clark Schmidt, Garcia, like, just make that – give me that rotation. Give me Tanaka. Uh, give me Cole, Tanaka, King, fucking Schmidt, Garcia. Let's go. I would make love that, that. Make that my rotation. Kick Jay Happ in the dick, but put him out in the bullpen, please. Just cut him. <laughs> like, seriously, and I understand when last place teams if they want to manipulate service time or forty man roster, whatever the fuck. But we're the New York Yankees, man. We have come way too far to let something as stupid as service time or a forty man roster crunch affect what we're trying to do. Like we are one of the elites. We are one of the six or seven teams that actually has a chance to win the World Series. And you're worried about service time? Like it makes me want to throw up. Half these guys are gonna get fucking traded anyway. <laughs> Like, if we're just playing, the, like, the odds, what do you think about the idea that, like, like Puig is out there? You know, I know he, he doesn't pitch, but I'm just saying, like, we're looking at a lot of injuries. We're looking at, like, bats. Puig's out there sitting at home. There's yeah, no yeah, pitcher. I'd take, take a flyer on him. There's no all-star pitcher sitting at home right now. I'm not a huge Puig guy, but I'd take a, lot, I'd take a flyer on him. I certainly don't want to see Andujar in the outfield. Yeah. Ever again. I, we don't need that. I mean, and like, you know, people are getting hurt all over. I mean, Strasburg's out for the rest of the season. You know, like, we're, you're seeing it all over the place. You know, the Rangers lost Elvis Andrews this week. Like, we're seeing a lot more injuries. I mean, the Indians lost Terry Francona. Like, everybody has something going on right now. And I think it's just time, it, like, it's time to get weird. I mean, the Twins are falling apart. They lost their, you know, Buxton and... 
uh, their catcher Garver. Like, let's just... It's a weird season. Let's get weird with these fucking rosters, but, like, in a way that, like, we're trying to win. Not some silly goose, you know, way to Estrada to Ford double play. <laughs> That's depressing. I mean, they did make one trade. They traded Hale to the Phillies for some double-A guy, but that doesn't count. But we had DFA'd him anyway. So right, it was right, right, exactly. That was a... That, that was a nothing trait, but at the same time, guys are getting banged up, but I look around the league, and obviously we live in Philly. Bryce Harper plays every day. JT Real Muto plays every day. Like, I see guys on the Phillies, and they, and they fucking suck, but their they guys are, are playing every single day. <laughs> they are, but you see other stars around the league that are playing every day and that never strain their hamstring. Manny Machado never strains his calf. He never strains anything. He plays smart. He runs 60% to first base, and he's out there every single day. Mookie's out there every single day. Bellinger. Like, you look around the league, and sometimes I'm like, why is it just our stars? Do you ever get like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I especially thought it was the old training staff. And it's like, all right, we've got this new training staff. But I'm just like, is there, is there something in the water? Like, because it's always lower, like lower half muscle strains. Like, something we, you know, at a certain point, it's like, we're doing something wrong. There's Absolutely. no other excuse. And these aren't freak injuries. Like Mariano shagging fly balls and batting practice and tearing his ACL. That's a freak injury that happens once in a century. These are just pussy-ass great grade one strains and and we've done we we've been looking for the boogeyman right it's it's the 60 game season and and the abbreviated summer camp or it was the training staff or it was the medical staff or they're not stretching like maybe these guys are just soft and it kills me like jj it kills me to say that but but that's really the only conclusion that i have it's how many people can we blame for this how many different random boogeyman can we it's been tough to watch because, you know, Yankee fans, like, you know, New York tough, you know, 9-11. Resilient. Whatever. Yeah, like, you know, all the fucking things that make New York New York. And I don't know, our team might just be baby shit soft. And it's a scary and it's a scary proposition and it's a really sad reality. And I, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe they'll all come back and they won't be in, you know, they won't have injuries anymore. But like we haven't even gotten to the injury prone guys like Hicks and Sanchez get hurt all the time. I'm, well, I'm waiting. Well, Judge and Stanton are already. No, you're right. <laughs> so we're but the two that. that I Hicks and Sanchez are two of the big guys that always go down. And I'm waiting for Gary to strain his hamstring. And I'm waiting for Hicks to, I don't know, anything. Every time, every game that goes by, and this is fucked up to say, but every time Gary Sanchez doesn't strain his hamstring, I'm like, fuck, we're one day closer to him doing it for the playoffs. Dude, no, I think about it too. And, and it's for me, it's whenever he, like a lot of times he rips a ground ball right to the left side of the infield, like into that shift that they do yeah. on him. And I'm like, just just please walk to first. Because that's every time. That's how it happens. Yeah, just stand there. <laughs> just fucking stand there. Yeah. Uh, it's It's a tough... It's a frustrating time to be a Yankee fan because, you know, COVID's out there, right? So there's kind of this just cloud hanging over the season of when's it going to hit us? You know, because you just assume it's going to hit every team eventually. And maybe not as bad as like the Marlins where they're missing a week. Because I didn't think we were going to see those kind of things. I didn't think we were going to see the Cardinals missing a week like that. I thought it was going to be shit like the Mets. But I thought they with the plan they had in that 190 pages, they had something where it's like, we don't cancel a weekend of games. So I just thought we were going to see like, you know, one guy come down with it and then he's out and we keep playing. And two days later, 
more guys come out. I thought it was just going to domino effect through every clubhouse. And then by the time it got to guy 60, guy one has been back for a week. Like just kind of going through like that. So that's been hanging over thinking like, well, when's that going to happen? But yeah, then no. we got, we're just, we're getting hurt in every, and again, it's not like, it's not guys running into walls, being aggressive, you know, I mean, like DJ, that, like, hey, that's just a, a bad swing, like, that's a baseball injury, I'm yes. fine with it. I mean, I wish he was able to play through it, but fine. Uh, it's all just a hamstring, calf, like, I just wait to hear, if I hear someone's injured, I'm just like, hamstring or calf, ooh, they threw in quad this time. Right. Oh, it's an exciting one. Yeah. And then you get the updates of the, oh, he, he ran on the field at, at 80% or he hit like, like with Stan. They're like, he ran at 70% and he hit live on the field. Well, all he does is hit and then jog anyway. Yeah, so why, why can't he fucking it? do that in a game? And he, they said he's still like at least two weeks away. Like, do you not want to be out there, G? I, I really, and I'm not the kind of guy that wants to question a guy's toughness or whether they want it. But man, when you look at the data and you look at the updates, you have to question it a little bit. I, you're telling me he can't go up four times a game and take a couple of swings and just jog to first? Out of, was it, it'll end up being 222 games over these two years. So I'll end up with like 28 games. It's embarrassing. It, it's it's embarrassing. And like, like you look at guys and you look at who we give the benefit of the doubt to. DJ, like you said, 150 games last year. He very clearly sprained his thumb. He, he can't really swing. Fine. But, like, Stanton doesn't get the benefit of the down. Glaber's 23. What? What? Are you, how are you pulling muscles at 23, dude? Yeah. That's the thing I keep going back to. And someone said they tweeted me because I remember I had stopped at a uh, rest area um, because I saw he came out of the game. And so I pulled over to a rest area and bought a Choco Taco to try to turn things Ooh, around. classic, classic. Yeah. I told my – I was like, I go to the bathroom. And then I – so I – and I came back out. And my wife was like, what, what do you got there? And I was like, ah, ethnic food. <laughs> is that it. your go-to at a night like you're going up to an ice cream truck what do you is that your go-to uh so like overall i've always i'm a milkshake guy i love milkshake got it got it okay i love milkshakes because i don't like ice cream cones i don't like the idea of like holding it or melting yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever um and so like i haven't had mr softy in forever but like yeah i would get that it's that or if i'm not going uh shake i'm going choco taco Got it. Okay, I'm either Chipwich or some sort of water ice, like fruity, so fruity I, water ice. I st- in 2017, when we were down in the uh, wild card game, I was sitting in Champions, and we were down three nothing. And I just I tweeted, I went inside, and they have like an ice cream thing, and I just like got a Chipwich, and I was like, I'm gonna turn this around. Like this is the only <laughs> thing making me happy. And then I literally I took it. You can see the field, and then two pitches later, like Didi goes deep. Ah, uh, wow. I ended up eating, like, three <laughs> chip witches that game, and then it became the thing for the playoff, like, rally chip witches. And then where was I sitting? I forget where I was sitting for one of our events. We were down, and uh, a guy who runs concessions brought me a chip witch because they don't sell them. Like, you can't just buy it in the stadium. It's only in the suites. So he was like, yeah, we're well, like, we need this here. Brought me a rally <laughs> chip witch. That's great. Wait, sometimes you got you to gotta eat with your feelings. And it's funny because – 2017, oh, we're going to be back so many times. Like, who cares? Like, everybody was, like, shrugging off that elimination. We're going we're gonna to keep coming back and back, and we haven't gotten to within a game of the World Series since. So you, when you get there, when you get close, 
you got to, I think Cashman has a phrase, you got to plant your flag when you get close to the top of the mountain or something, but you got to finish. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Nobody it's, you know, you put your fucking foot on their throat, whatever it is, whatever analogy you want to use. The killer instinct just, like, isn't there right now. And I get it. There's a lot of other shit going on. Like, if all this happened just this year and last year it wasn't, we've got a billion injuries. Like, at a certain point, like, they pile up and it's just like, you know, like with the judge thing, people were like, well, how are you going to say he's injury prone? Like, if you don't count the three of the four (laughs) major injuries, he's not. And I'm just like, yeah, but, like, at a certain point, I don't know, you know, if your aunt pisses standing up, she's your uncle. Like, it just happens. So with these guys, it's like at a certain point, like, you are just fucking soft. Like, go out there and fucking – I don't care if you limp a little bit, you know? Just fucking go out there and get that shit done. Like, because at the end of the day, I mean, I said I, I cheer for laundry and, I you know, they're people and that's great. But, like, I don't know. I'm cheering for laundry. Like, I don't really care that much about these guys. Oh, me too. You know, like when CC lost all that weight and then he couldn't pitch anymore, but it was like better for his health. I was like, I don't know, fucking gain it back. Give 10 years of your life for a World Series. Like, that's why we wear pinstripes. Could, could not agree more. And it almost feels like like we've lost. I don't want to be too dramatic, but have we lost our way a little bit as an organization where even even guys like CC, that seems that seems kind of foreign. And, and Cole's an exception. But like I said, these guys that they, they can't play unless they're fully 100 percent and and the load management and, and every we're, we're like a team of almost now. We, we almost got to the World Series and we have the excuses. The Astros were cheating. The Red Sox were cheating. Like we haven't fucking gotten it done. So. I mean, I think we got to talk a little bit about. Uh, I mean, Aaron Boone seems to have forgotten how to manage a baseball game. Yeah, we do have to touch on that. You're right, and maybe he's part of the the losing their way thing. I and I hate to say a guy who in his first two years won a hundred games each, and I don't know if it's because what who's the bench coach? Uh, Marcus Timms, right? Mar- Timms is the hitting coach. Oh, Him and JP Lossier. Oh, it's two, uh, Bart, two hitting Josh coaches. Bart. Yeah, Josh Bar. Yeah, so. I don't know. Maybe move Phil Nevin into that role. I need, like, a fucking hard-ass old man. That's what I think I need right now. It's just a hard-ass old man who's going to, I don't know, I need someone who's going to just, like, I don't know, call someone a pussy. You know, just, oh, hey, my hamstring. Great, bitch. Get out there. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we talking about here? You make $10 million, you pussy. You know, we need some of these old man managers who, like, you know, played 17 years and made like one point two million dollars their whole career. Like we need more of that. Yeah, you, you might be right. And I've been a huge I'm a big boon boon defender. I always say I don't think there's another manager currently in baseball that could have won hundred and three games with thirty nine IL stints. I think he's great at keeping the morale up. I think the players generally do like him, but he cannot figure out a bullpen to save his life at all. I mean, he didn't use Chad Green. I don't think in any – the entire race series that we got swept, Green and Chapman didn't pitch. Like, it is infuriating to go down in a series to your division rival and you didn't even you didn't even take your best shot. You didn't use your best bullets, however you want to say it. He has no idea how to manage a bullpen. And the whole hunky-dory thing and, the, like, the California cool, it's fun when you're winning, but it, it's infuriating when you're losing. This is bad as a Yankees podcast, but it's Carlos Mendoza who is the coach. I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of him. <laughs> he must not do much. No, I mean... So it was it was Bard last year, though, then. Had, Bard was... Yeah, Bard's with okay. the Dodgers now. Got it. 
and Nevin's third base. I remember in 2018 that there was like a rain delay. It was actually the game where Sonny Gray got bombed by the Orioles, and he was like smiling as he came off the mound. And I remember Phil Nevin was ripping into Andujar and Torres because they were, I think, fucking around and we were losing. And that's the only time I've seen anybody on camera like get yelled at or get reprimanded. And, and Girardi was kind of a hard ass, and he was kind of a nerd, but. They definitely played a little bit harder under Girardi, I feel like. I don't know if I just have revisionist history now, but... Well, so I think there's, like... You got, and I'm not saying get rid of Boone, either. I'm just saying Boone has to find... Like, Boone has to find that next level of, like, intensity. You know, and it's like, you know, hey, sup, yo, is funny. Like, great. But, like, I need maybe a little, like... I need a little less sup, yo. And I need a little more of, like... The fuck are you doing, man? I didn't hit that one home run that one time to fucking sit here and watch you idiots. <laughs> there is no way he has this job if he didn't hit that homer. He doesn't get the interview. They probably don't even let him call Sunday night baseball games in the Bronx. Probably like, no. give us the uh, give us an, any other boon. What's Brett doing? <laughs> Brett, I don't think he's even involved in the. No in the game at all. I think Brett Boone may. His kid, I think, is coming up. I feel like Brett Boone may have ended up being uh, a little... Uh, he got into some trouble, right? Well, I think maybe he's got some hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> Be nice. It's crazy, though, the family where it's like their grandfather played and then the dad, Bob Boone, played and managed and then Aaron and Brett, now they got kids that are coming up. Like It is wild how they've been able to... Kind of like the Mannings of baseball almost, except not as good. Yeah, they don't get uh, the credit that they, you know, deserve because – and part of it is, like, those guys that grew up – like, these kids grew up hanging out in Major League Baseball, like, clubhouses, which I think helps because you just, like – you see how to how to work every day, like, in an ideal situation. And, you know, because I think you don't bring your kids to the clubhouse if they aren't, you know, going to do that. And that was part of the reason for hiring Boone. It's he's been in a dugout since he was four years old. He speaks the language. He gets along with everybody. His communication skills and yada, yada, yada. But the bullpen management, I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he's used Luis Everyday Avalon more than he's used Green. He only used Chapman once last week. Do you think it's Cashman and the analytics guys deciding this, or do you think he actually makes those calls mid-game? Because there's a lot of debate amongst that. I don't know. I mean, it, it, at times it's, you know, we used to complain about the binder with Girardi. At times it's like, I don't know, would you guys just burn every piece of paper in the fucking stadium? Like you have nothing that you're going off of? Are we starting like with the highest number in the club, in the bullpen? Like, I don't know, who's number 92? Great, you're in the game now. Or is, is he just, you know, I don't know, just running out some guys are like his Avalon? Who did Tori ruin? Uh, was it uh, Tanyan Sturt, Scott Proctor? Yeah. Uh, one of those guys in like 06. He used them like 90 times or something. It was like, incre- I, I want to say 06 is the year, and it was either Scott Sturt Proctor. or Proctor. In 2006, yeah. How many appearances? Oh, uh, let me see. I got to pull it up. But like I did Tory Scott Proctor, and like <laughs> it said in the like blurb on Google, it says like in 2006. Yeah. Oh, um, shh. 83 appearances. Oh, my God. So over half the games, that that's wild. And I and everybody criticizes Boone for trying to steal ads from lesser guys. I actually like that he doesn't use the premium guys three days in a row. Like, I do think that's smart in the long term. But he is so far in the opposite direction of Tory. Like, like we can't just get somebody in the middle. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's, and, you know, it. we do have, to a certain extent, a younger team. And they are without, look, cause, listen, Gardner's on his way out, right? And I don't think he ever commanded the respect that CC did, right? Cole is still the new guy. So Sanchez has been there, like, the longest, and it's not him. It's not leading anybody. No. Yeah. Judge hasn't done enough and isn't healthy enough to, you know, be the example. Um, Hicks has been there a while, obviously not him. So there is no, like, there is no leader on this team. I mean, it's Cole, but, like, you need, you know. He's a pitcher, yeah. In, it's not the same. But even in 25 games, you don't take that spot. No, and I, I do think you need a you need a position player, and like you said, ju- Judge isn't out there all the time. And for everybody that's like, when, when is Judge going to be captain? Or what? it's not happening. No, He's never going to be named captain. So stop with that. Like the Yankees have gone periods of time. Pretty sure they went thirty years without having a captain. Like it's not like you have to have a captain. People don't understand that either. If I see one more, when is Judge going to be named captain? I'm on the screen. Oh my god! I mean, that's all I was getting last week. He's not going to get traded. He's the captain. Because some fucking union employee threw up a, a sign in right field behind. Like, stop it. And, and, and I love Aaron. I love Aaron Judge. But but I feel like this group, and maybe even the fans a little bit, maybe I'm guilty of this too, but we walk around and act like we were champions, act like we won, and, and we haven't done shit in a while. And my 2009 World Series t-shirt is way too small. The cap is dirty. Like, we haven't done shit in a decade. And in terms of captains, like, Jeter became the captain in 2003. He won four World Series before he yeah. did it. Mattingly, 91. He won an MVP award. Ron Guidry and Willie Randolph won World Series before they got it in 86. Like, it's... Craig Nelson, we're talking about World Series winners here. And they're just like, I don't know, somebody put a sign up. <laughs> It's sad. It's sad. I do want to – we got a lot of questions this week that I'd like to get to. Yeah, we'll start with a funny one from uh, Joe Randazzo. If the Yankees go on to win six straight championships, but at the end of it, Nick has to go live on a secluded island for the rest of his life, would he do it? Yes. Next question. Uh, (laughs) This is from John Bittner, J.K. Bittner, 15. While DJ is still out, who do you think should be hitting leadoff? I hate seeing lineups with Hicks on top. And Talkman in the three-hole, they should be flipped. I'd rather have Hicks in the middle of the lineup, but I understand why he's the first guy to send to the top. I prefer Hicks li- hitting leadoff because he doesn't drive in any runs, and at least he gets on base a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather, rather have him first. I'd rather him get out with no one on base. You know, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, but he he sees a lot of pitches. So for everyone, which you hope, and who knows with this soft-ass fucking roster we have, you hope when the first guy is up to start the game, everyone in the lineup and guys on the bench are paying attention to see, like, what the guy has. And you're going to, with Hicks, you're going to see eight pitches. Yeah, I prefer when everybody's banged up and they got the B lineup, I prefer Hicks 1 and Voight 2 because ideally Hicks gets on at some point, Voight hits a two-run homer. And like I said, Hicks doesn't drive in any runs. But he does get on base, so that's how I would do it. This one's from Brandon uh, Graminos. Why the fuck do we keep playing the service time game with our young pitchers? We need arms. Just call up Schmidt already. Amen, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Call everyone up. You know, like any arm that we have who's like a possible future. I don't go shatter their confidence right now. Like I don't think anyone's getting their 
confidence shattered in this 60-game weirdo season. They'll have more confidence. And let's say, listen, if you put J-Hap out there on the fucking mound every fifth day, let me tell you what's going to happen. Three home runs. Like, that's just what's going to happen. If you you put Debbie Garcia out there, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. But if he gives up three home runs, we're going to learn from that three home runs to head into spring training next year and then shape him to be what we need, make the improvements we need in the offseason, is more coachable. Jay Happ, we can't do anything with, and we know the end result anyway. That was perfectly said, so I got nothing to add. (laughs) That was like Uh, old school. James Carville. We got one from Fishy Fishy, uh, at Fishy. If the Yankees acquire a high-level pitcher, Clevenger, at the deadline, do you still think they should sign Paxton or Tanaka? Cole, Cole, Sevy, Clevenger sounds elite. I'd still like to bring back Tanaka, but I wouldn't be heartbroken if they let them go. And I don't think Paxton's coming back. I don't want them to even ask Paxton anything. <laughs> no qualifying offer. Nothing. Just walk away from it. Because it's a Boris situation. It's not going to get good. Right? Boris, if it was, if, if, if this is a case where, and I, I know, like, the teams aren't allowed to, like, collusion stuff or whatever, but I think there's a point where it's just like you're going to get headache. He's just trying to use you for leverage. I mean, all agents are to a certain extent, but he does it publicly. He doesn't keep his mouth shut. He tried to complain about Trevor Bauer's, uh, you know, vlog, you know, things like that. He's overstepping his boundaries. So, you know, we've already got Cole. We don't need to deal with more Boris. No, I think you're right. And when I think about Tanaka and Paxton, I've said this 500 times, I think the Yankees and Tanaka will negotiate in good faith and just come up with something fair because I think he truly wants to be there. But I think Paxton and Boris would play a bunch of games. And look, if we trade for Clevenger, Boris doesn't really have much leverage with Paxton. And he doesn't even have any as it is. Yeah, I think like if we were to get Clevenger and, we, and then I think Tanaka comes back to New York on a lower deal than he's on now because he's, like I said all along, he's comfortable in New York. It's the only place he knows, you know, in terms of, like, in America, living in America. There's always a chance with, uh, you know, with an Asian player, the West Coast, because it's an easier trip home. And, I mean, people say that as if they're popping over there for the weekend, but, like, maybe it's easier for family to come. But, like, they, you know, they treat it where it's like, oh, you know, he's from he's from North Jersey, so he signed with the Phillies. You know, like Zach Wheeler. Like, he's from Jersey, signed with the Phillies. He can still go home. It's not the same L.A. to Japan, but no. that's the only thing. And also, like, those teams look to spend a little bit. But I think Tanaka comes back. He's made enough money, comes back on a team-friendly deal. If we were to get Clevenger, then you're looking at – Cole, Clevenger, Sevy, Tanaka's the four. I love it. I'll pitch you you in the fucking five spot. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, The only team I worry about with Tanaka is the Dodgers, and they just gave Mookie $400 So I don't see that happening. I think he'll come back. We got Steven Shell says, why can't we ever have a good starting rotation? I don't know. We tried throwing $324 million at the problem, and then our second-best starter got hurt, and then our third-best starter got hurt. So... I don't know. I've been asking myself the same question. I think we should have signed Corbin two years ago. That's a whole other thing, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then we got we got Julian the Cut. Who should the Yankees be looking for at the trade deadline? Mike Clevenger. 
Yeah. And then our last our last question is from <laughs> Huey Booby seventeen. Uh, when will Mike Clevenger be a Yankee? Hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, do you think? Because what's the deadline? The first, right? It's the thirty August thirty first, yeah. which I think is Monday of next yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a deal and you're the Yankees for pitching, don't you make it before you play seven games in five days? Right, yeah. Rather than <laughs> so like, the extra days, like, yeah. Well, you do it today. Don't do it on Monday. No, yeah, you're, you're right. Every game, and every game basically counts for three. So it's not like in a normal season where you know, if you do it July 25th or July 27th, not not that big of a deal. But with this, it actually matters. you got to remember that the guy's going to have to take a physical, do a COVID test. Like, everything's going to take longer, yeah. especially if they're coming from somewhere far. So every day counts. I know cash is working, but you also remember last trade deadline. The Yankees have a value. They set a value on something, and if it doesn't match up, they're not going to do it, and they're going to walk away. So I don't – Cashman isn't going to up his offer an hour before the trade deadline. He, he's going to offer what he thinks it is, and, and I think they're comfortable walking away if they don't get it. I mean, isn't that your impression too? That's my fear. Because, like, there's a point yeah. where, like – so, you know, I talk about possibly trading Judge and exploring it because I think from a business standpoint it makes sense. But then you get to the trade deadline and it's like, I don't fucking buy everyone, you know? Like, I've invested 20-something games so far in this case, but normally it's like, you know, I've invested 90 games so far. Like, just go out there, let's finish this. Like, we started, the horse is out of the barn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Clevenger's pitching the night, Thursday, Friday. I mean, I don't... This like his last start before the deadline. I yeah, but like, I, I, I mean, well, maybe we could get him to pitch one of those Sunday games. That's what I'm that thinking. That would be so awesome. Oh, my God. be so great. And think, just think, like I said, him and Cole and Seve next year. I mean, that is a dynamite, dynamite, dynamite one, two, three. Yeah. I mean, I'd like it to happen. It's just, I feel like having him, getting like a Clevenger is, it's not, obviously not Cole. But, like, I'll feel more secure when he's pitching. Yeah, it's the next tier down. It's He's not a 1A, but he's a 1B. Yeah. I think he is the next thing. From who's in that, like, so who's in the 1A level for you? So, for me, it's, it's Cole, it's DeGrom, it's uh, Walker Bueller. I'd still put I'd still put Scherzer up there. Probably Verlander. Uh, and Verlander, yeah. And then I guess Shane Bieber on the Indians is, has been cooking, too. But then that next group, it's like... Strasburg and Pat Corbin and Clevenger and like Aaron Nola, like I think he falls in with all those guys. Uh, so I watch uh, Bauer's uh, vlog uh, again. Bauer I in that one B too for sure. I yeah, I, I keep uh, I keep like pumping off this vlog. I just think it's super interesting because it's behind the scenes of like what's going on, and he's doing it himself, so it's not like league run. Um, and it's wild to watch. I mean, did you see what he did yesterday? With Budweiser, yeah, the way he was, ch- he got. They're going to make the can, the Cincinnati yeah. beer can, yeah. Because Sonny Gray in five starts set the franchise record for first five appearances of the year strikeouts, and Bauer's like, I'm going to go beat it two starts earlier, and then goes and does it. And it's like, could you imagine a world where we have starters who are like, oh, I'm just going to set the franchise record, then I'm going to beat the franchise record, and that's a kick your ass, fuck you attitude that we are severely we do not have. right now. I, you know, I was feeling so good. I was like, oh, this was really therapeutic. I feel a lot better after venting. And then you just reminded me about Sonny Gray, and now I'm in shambles again mentally, man. It's <laughs> the best pitcher in baseball. Thanks a, <laughs> thanks a lot, Larry, you fuck. 
fucking asshole. And Justice Sheffield, the kid we traded for Paxton, has been, like, his last five starts or something, he's an ERA under three. He's been okay lately. He stunk for years. No, he did. He did. I, and I agree with trading with the time, but it's just frustrating to see it. Yeah. Um, the only other baseball news I can think of is, like, where they're, they're seeing games get postponed because of these hurricanes. The, Was uh, it Houston, Houston and yeah, L.A. Games, this weekend? Yeah, games in Houston, which is kind of weird. Like, I don't just go to L.A. and play. Like, we don't have a lot of time here, guys. Just go play the games in L.A. Kind of weird. Yeah, and they play inside with no fans. I mean, it doesn't seem I, – I don't know how bad. The hurricane – The hurricane's supposed to be bad. Okay, it's, never mind. <laughs> it's two – so there's two hurricanes that are meeting in the Gulf of Mexico to possibly become one big hurricane. It's not what you need. they're not going to L.A. then. Yeah. Because everybody's been jumping around, fucking up the schedule, playing home games in road stadiums. Yeah, and so it's – oh, so I think they moved up Thursday's game to play today as a doubleheader, and then Wednesday they'll just make up later. So who knows? I mean, who knows what, you know, happens – with any of that stuff as we get into hurricane season and these baseball games and trying to just get them all in. I'm just really curious to see how many games everyone ends up playing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's going to range from what, like 45 to 60? No, I think everyone get, I think everyone will get over 50, but I'm just worried. How could the Marlins or Cardinals get over 50? Have are they not, pacing to do that? The Cardinals are just playing like a billion doubleheaders. Like, I don't follow the National League very closely, admittedly. Yeah, they have a schedule. Like, they are just playing a billion doubleheaders the rest of the year. Ah, brutal. And and I'll go on record now that we have to play three of these doubleheaders in four days or whatever. I'm, I'm Now I'm glad they did the seven-inning thing. I hated it in the beginning, but if we're going to have to play three doubleheaders in four days, then fuck it. I, I guess that's what we need to do. Maybe it was a good move. Like, yeah, I mean, I I get why... They did it. My hope was instead of doing that, that they would be able to just have a better plan than like what we've seen so far. You know, just so we don't have to push out as many games. Like I said, I thought this was going to be a domino effect that goes through a clubhouse. And by the time we got to mid-September, herd immunity. Yeah, yeah, it's... That would be nice. Which is fast and loose. But I also, I'm curious why, because the Braves are going to play this doubleheader tomorrow. And the Yankees are going to play this doubleheader tomorrow. But they're both off on Thursday. Right. Why aren't they just playing Wednesday and Thursday? Yeah. Instead of putting more stress on an already stressed out situation. I think that's stupid. Yeah, I think it's really dumb. And then, you know, last thing, I want to make a quick prediction. If you're listening to this, we have a doubleheader today, obviously. I think that Boone is going to pull Cole early and end up using, you know, Green, Chapman, whoever, when he didn't really didn't really need to, could have let Cole finish. I think they'll win the first game. He won't have those arms available for the second game. We'll lose the second game in heartbreaking fashion, and I believe they'll split the doubleheader today. Not, not that that's a bold prediction or a hot take, but you can already see that playing out. Damn, I was hoping when you said they were going to pull Cole, it was because we're going to be up big and he's going to come back and pitch on Sunday. <laughs> I wish. Right? I mean, playing five games against the Mets this weekend, and yeah, it's not in our division, but I want fucking Cole. <laughs> you know? I want Cole every too, game. Man. I want Get Cole DeGrom. Sunday. Yeah, we won't face DeGrom either. He's going to pitch Wednesday. Yeah, I think they're like skipping him for some weird reason. They usually line him up purposely to face us, too. Yeah, I think they're... They don't give a shit about their season. 
Yeah. It's hard to figure out like who really cares, who thinks they can win. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like it's just such a weird it's a weird season. You know? And the Mets are the Mets are under five hundred. They're three games out of first place. I mean the the NL East stinks. Yeah, for all that tough talk that that was the best division in baseball <laughs> yeah. coming into the year. Give me a break. Yeah, the Red Sox still stink, though, so that's good. Worst record in the league. Well, I mean, that's all we got on a week where... What did the Yankees play two games since we last talked? Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's sad. I can't believe we made it an hour. Listen, at the end of the day, everyone's got to stop being a pussy, right? Just stop. Yeah. Just fuck out. Your hamstring hurts a little bit. Just play, because you know what? If someone were to be like, ah, you know what, my hamstring felt tight, and I played through it for like a week and a half, and then it really went and I missed the rest of the season, I think I'd respect it more than just like, ah, then I ran the next day. I would that at this point. Yes. At least you tried. You follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod. Rate, review, give us five stars. Tell your friends, we're out here just having a silly goose time. You're not getting a ton of stats from us. You're just getting free-flowing conversation and maybe trading away the franchise face. Who knows? But when we do figure this shit out, when these guys actually accomplish anything in life, we'll see you at the parade. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. M- MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage, shortage of ways to bet on it with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.